Hello, I'm Dr. Jonathan Barker, pastor here at Amazing Grace Baptist Church in Mount Airy, North Carolina. I would like to personally thank you for taking out time today to tune in to our preaching podcast. We hope that this message will be a great encouragement to your heart today. John 14, verse number 1. We'll look at this again tonight and um, try to learn something else from it. The Bible said this in verse number 1 of John 14. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, and he did... Amen. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. The question was asked me not long ago, what do you think the next thing on God's calendar is? And here's exactly what I said, the coming of the Lord. Amen. That's the next thing that's in line to happen on God's calendar. You say, when's it going to happen? No man knows the day nor the hour. Uh, But I do believe that it'll be soon. And I want to preach again tonight on the subject of heaven. Father, I love you. I thank you, Lord, for being good to us, Father. I pray, Lord, that you'd help us tonight meet our physical need, our spiritual need. And I pray, God, Lord, that your will and way would be done tonight, Father. I pray, God, that something I say tonight, Father, with your help, would be a blessing to someone. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. You can be seated tonight. I love this passage of Scripture right here. Matter of fact, I love as you go on past verse number 3, get into verse number 4 and 5, and whether you go, I know. And the way you know, he said, Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whether thou goest and how can we know the way Jesus saith unto him I am the way the truth and the life no man cometh unto the father but by me amen and uh, he is the only way he is the only truth and he is the only life tonight Um, and it is through Jesus this morning uh, we looked at the subject of heaven for a little while or we tried to personally I felt that I made a big mess this morning but we tried to look at the subject of heaven uh, for just a little while this morning. We looked at it was a promised land. It was a prepared land. Uh, it's a permanent land. Now, can I just say this about that? I'm glad uh, that it is a permanent land today. I'm glad that when I get there, that's all that there is to it. Amen. I'm glad that I'll never have to leave uh, the place called heaven. It's a perfect place uh, and it sure is a precious place tonight. Amen. We looked at the different things that make it precious and uh, I'm thankful for heaven tonight. I thought about this and I said it even this morning. Uh, There's no words and there's no way uh, in the human vocabulary that we could ever really uh, even begin to describe uh, what heaven is really going to be like. You can read about it. You can study about it. You can hear songs about it tonight, but there's really no way that our infinite mind can ever really comprehend what heaven is going to be like. I thought about what Paul says. Paul says that it is a far better place as they just sang. He said in Philippians 1.23, for I'm in a straight between two, having a desire to part and to be with Christ, which is far better 
Amen. It's far better. He said in Romans 8, 18, for I reckon that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to compare with the glory which shall be revealed in us. What's he talking about? He's talking about that glorified body when we get to heaven. I got to thinking about that. Here's what he said. He said, for I reckon that the suffering of this present time. We think about the suffering of this present time. And can I just say this, when you think about Paul's suffering of his present time, everything that Paul went through, uh, man, Paul, whenever you read him, uh, I'm not going to for time's sake, but whenever you read everything that Paul went through, man, it was horrendous. Paul was beaten. Paul suffered shipwreck on and on we could go and Paul said this the suffering of this present time is not even worthy to compare to what heaven's going to be like oh yes here's what I thought about tonight I'm going to give you two or three things about heaven tonight and uh, brother Bradley picks on me brother Bradley Boone and brother David and brother Todd picks on me all the time for saying this word phenomenal they say how is your church tonight and I'll say every once in a while I say it's a mess but a lot of times I'll say this it was phenomenal man this was a phenomenal uh, preacher that I heard tonight and he picks on me all the time so here's what I want to preach on tonight a phenomenal Phenomenal heaven tonight. A phenomenal heaven tonight. Heaven tonight. I want you to go with me to Revelation chapter 21. Revelation chapter number 21. And I want to bring the rest of the message right here out of Revelation 21 tonight. Uh, Man, what um, what a great passage Revelation 21 is. And, uh, uh, John sees this new heaven, this new earth. The first heavens passed away and, and, and all of that. But watch this. I want you to see number one and I Let me show you two or three things about a phenomenal heaven tonight. Number one, I want you to see the dimensions of heaven. The dimensions of heaven. Now, I'm going to probably slow down a lot like I did this morning so we can understand this, but the dimensions of heaven. Whenever we was uh, working on preparing the Sunday school wing, there's one thing that we looked at was the dimensions of it. It's a 36 by um, 60 or a 38 by 60 or a 30 by 60. It's something other. It's built now. But the dimensions of it. Matter of fact, in recent days, I've looked at several auditoriums and I've asked this question, what is the dimensions of it? What is the size of it? Let's look at the dimensions of heaven tonight. Look what your Bible said in verse number 15. Revelation chapter number 21, verse number 15. Look what the Bible said. And he that talked with me had a golden reed to measure the city. Now just time out. Okay, let's just talk a little while tonight. Is that all right? If I just slow down, we just talk a little while tonight. Think about this. I, I, I remember Tim whenever I was building houses, I had a Stanley Fat Max. That was the best ruler you could buy then. You could pull it out eight feet before it would break. And anybody that's ever done much construction understands that. It's important to be able to pull it out without it breaking. 
And that was, uh, I remember I got that and the guy I worked for, James Edelman, he said, man, you got one of those fat maxes. He said, I'm gonna get me one one day. But think about what they're doing, the measuring with in heaven. Look what your Bible said. And he that talked with me had a golden reed. Does that, is that settling in to anybody? What people kill people over here on earth, they're using it as a measuring tool in heaven tonight. Look what he said. Golden reed to measure the city and the gates thereof and the wall thereof and the city lieth four score and the length is as large as the breadth and he measured the city with a reed 12,000 furlongs. The length and the breadth and the height of it are equal. Verse 17 says this. And he measured the wall thereof and 140 and four cubics according to the measure of a man that is of the angel. The dimensions of heaven tonight. Uh, whenever you begin to think about what he is talking about right here, here's what I found out in studying this. Go back to verse number two. The Bible said this, and I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem. Now watch this. Coming down from God. Now look, out of heaven. So the measurements tonight, can I say it this way, are the city limits going into heaven. It's not all of heaven. It's the city limits, can I say it that way, making our way into heaven. Because the Bible said this, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Look in verse number 10. And he carried me away in the, he carried me away in the spirit to a great and a high mountain and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, here it is again, descending out of heaven from God. So as we look at these, Brother Rodney, I'm gonna switch mics tonight. As we look at these dimensions tonight, it is not heaven itself. The only measurements that we have is the city limits of heaven. And the Bible said this, when you do the calculation, the Bible said this, that it is 1,400 square miles. In other words, it's 1,400 miles wide. It's 1,400 miles long. And it's 1,400 miles high. Can I put that into perspective for you? If one edge was placed on the Atlantic Ocean, the opposite edge would set near Denver, Colorado. Are you listening to me? If the north edge of the city set on the Canadian border, the other edge would set somewhere around Miami, Florida. It is even, what is even more amazing is to consider this also, that it's 1,400 miles high. 
Yeah, you're not getting it. And I'm not getting it either because our mind cannot even begin to comprehend a city. A city, not heaven itself. This is just the new Jerusalem. This is just the city limits that's making our way into a place called heaven. Think about this with me. The city is surrounded by a wall, according to verse number 17. That's 144 cubits. That's 216 feet. Around this city is a wall that's either 216 feet high or 216 feet wide. It depends on who you read after. But any way you look at it, that's a great big wall that surrounds the city. Imagine a city where there's room for all. Imagine a city where, I read this today, where there's no ghettos. <laughs> No mean streets. No wrong side of town. Imagine a city of absolute beauty and of sinless perfection. If you can imagine that, then you may be beginning to imagine just a little bit of what heaven's going to be like. It's a great big city. There's room for everybody in the city. I see the dimensions of the city, but number two, look at this with me tonight. I see the design of the city. The design of the city. Go with me to verse 18. Revelations 21 still. Look in verse 18. The Bible said this. And the building of the wall of it. Now, I'm just going to go ahead and forewarn you that I'm probably going to butcher part of these words, okay? Now, if, if you would like to read them for me, that'll be just fine. I'll be glad to let you read them for me, okay? But look what he said. Don't listen to the way I say it. I'm going to use a singer's term. Don't listen to the way I say it. Just listen to the words of it, all right? Look at this in verse 9. David always said, don't listen to the way I sing this song. Just listen to the words of it. Don't listen to the way I read this scripture. Just listen to the words of it. And the building of the wall of it was of jasper. And the city was pure gold, likened unto a clear glass. Back up a minute. Come here a minute. 1,400 miles wide. 1,400 miles long, 1,400 miles high, pure gold likened unto a glass. I don't guess that means nothing to nobody else. Look in verse number 19. And the foundation of the wall of the city were garnished with all manner of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper. The second, sapphire. The third, calcare. Kedani, the fourth, an emerald, the fifth, sardines, the sixth, sardis, the seventh, crystallite, the eighth, beryl, the ninth, topaz, the tenth, Christophorosos, if you say it that way, and I do, the eleventh, adjacenth, the twelfth, amethyst, and the twelve gates were twelve, listen to this, pearls and several gate and every several gate was one pearl and the street of the city was pure gold as it was transparent glass she preach what i'm talking about the design of heaven can i just say this johanna and chip didn't design this are you with me 
Joanna and Chip has never done anything like this. You say, do you like to watch Joanna and Chip? No, because it makes me work. Y'all will get that in a minute. You say, do you like to go to Brother Brian and Tina, Miss Tina's? No, because I end up coming home and building things. But Joanna and Chip has never designed anything like this. Number one, because their mind could not even think up anything like this. Whoever thought of building a city that's 1,400 miles wide, 1,400 miles long, 1,400 miles high, and putting 12 gates around it, that's pearl. Whoever had the money to do it. Whoever saw an oyster big enough to make a pearl the size of a gate. Are you with me tonight? These verses John describes the materials used to construct the city. He tells us that the wall is made of a diamond and the city is made of pure transparent gold in verse 18. He also tells us that the cities rest on a foundation of precious gemstones. I began to look these things up. Let me show you something. Jasper, clear like a diamond. Sapphire, clear blue. The, the Calisdoni is a yellowish green. The emerald is a deep, is a deep green. Sardinox, white with layers of red. Think about that. White with layers of red. And I tell you all I could think about when I thought about that was this. Because of the blood of Christ, our sins has been washed white as snow. White with layers of red. Sardis is a fiery red. Crystallite is a golden yellow. Burl is a sea green. Topaz is a greenish yellow. Chrysophophus is a golden green. Jasoneth is violet. Amethyst is purple. Now think about all of those colors in one place. Imagine, if you will, a city that gleams with the brilliance of God's glory. Imagine the pure light as it shines through the diamonds, the gold, and all the multicolored precious stones of the heavenly city. Can I just say this? It will be a glorious sight to behold. And we've not even got into heaven yet. <laughs> oh yeah I thought about this the gates of the city are made of pearls according to verse number 21 I began to study a pearl and how a pearl is made and here's what I found out a pearl is formed out of pain that's what one writer said it's formed out of pain he goes on to say this a grain of sand is trapped in an oyster that sand irritates the oyster, and the oyster begins to build up layer upon layer of calcium around the grain of sand. After a long while, a pearl is formed. The pearl is the only gemstone made by a living organism. The pearl is the oyster's answer to its pain. The pearl is made from pain. Here's what one writer said about that. He said this, those gates will remind that while salvation and the heaven it provides are free, it was not cheap. 
Everything we have was born out of the pain of our Savior on the cross of Calvary. Every time we enter that city, we will be reminded of the price that he paid to redeem our soul. Heaven is our Lord's answer. The pain of his cross is the reason that we are able to enjoy heaven today. That's the reason why. It's not because anything that we've done. It's all because what Jesus has done. And his pain is what brings us into heaven. Think about what he also said. He said that the streets are pure gold. Are pure gold. I'm talking about the design of heaven tonight. Pure gold. I see the dimensions, the design, but I see the divinity of the city. Look in verse number 22 and 23. The Bible said this, And I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. That word divinity means divine. It means a deity. The divinity of the city today, it's simply the Lord Jesus Christ. It's simply God himself, the light of the world. There will be no need for a temple there. There'll be no need of a place for us to go gather and worship there because he will be there. He is the reason that we worship. He is the reason that we sing. He is the reason that we do anything that we do. The divinity of the city tonight. I thought I said this this morning and I'll say it again tonight. But can I say this to you? He is the reason that we look forward to heaven. Oh, we look forward to seeing our loved ones. We look forward to seeing our friends. We look forward to seeing our family that's outrun us in this race. But more than anything, the divinity of the city is the reason that we look forward to it. It's Jesus Christ. He's the one that paid the price for us to get there. He's the one that rescued us out of a horrible pit. He's the one that saved us from the charred walls of hell today. And the reason of that city it's all centered around him tonight. The divinity of the city. Let me show you one more and I'll be done. The delight of the city. Look in verse number 25. The Bible said this, And the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no night there. Now, let me tell you the reason that the writer put that there, number one, because God told him to. And because number two, some critic would have said, well, I guess the gates of heaven will be closed at night. There'll be no night there. Light always overpowers darkness. And we will be with an eternal light. Amen. There'll be no night in heaven. And look what he says. The delight of the city. Here's what he says. The gates will never be closed. They'll never be closed. I thought about this. Come and start playing, Miss Daniel. I thought about this. Now, y'all are going to have to let your mind go with me, okay? And you're going to have to think like I think on this one. I know that's scary for some of y'all, but here's exactly what I thought about 
whenever I thought about the gates of the city not being closed. Haley, what do you think I thought about? I thought about frozen. That's what I thought about. You've watched Frozen, hadn't you? And you know what they said? Said we're never closing the gates to the city again. And that means people could come in and out of the city anytime they wanted to. Can I just tell you something tonight? The delight of the city is simply this. It'll always be open. There'll be no need of rest. I tell you something that blows my mind even more than heaven is the glorified body that I'll have when I get to heaven. It's hard for me to comprehend that I'll never have a bad thought again. Well, if the rest of y'all would quit being holier than thou, you'd have said amen right there. It's hard for me to comprehend that I'll never have a bad thought again. It's hard for me to comprehend that my wife will never get mad at me again. <laughs> I'm just picking. It's hard for me to comprehend. I'm just being honest. It's hard for me to comprehend that my children will never backtalk me again. I got good kids, but they're wicked as a devil. They'll never backtalk me again. I'll never have the wrong thought again. <laughs> Let me tell you the reason why. I'll be likened unto the Son of God. I Personally, I think I'll be 33 and a half years old. That's what he was when he ascended back into the heavens. I, you said, preacher, are we going to know each other? Well, you think we're going to be dumber up there than we are down here? I've had that asked a lot of times. Preacher, do you really think we'll know each other up there? Why, sure we'll know each other. I said, preacher, you think I'll know my wife up there? Well, absolutely. If she makes it, you will. And if you make it, Absolutely. Said, preacher, how will we know each other? Can I just say this? I can't answer all that. I don't know how we'll know each other, but I just know this. Everything will be all right. It'll be just right. Yeah, man. It'll be just right. The delight of the city tonight. The delight of heaven tonight. I, man, I, I read through this this week, and it just blows my mind. It's one of those things where you think that you can preach and just run the aisles on, but it's so mind-boggling. Are you with me? It's hard for me to even jump up and holler amen. It's hard for me to holler it while I'm preaching it. It is so mind-boggling. And the only thing that we ever really get a true in-depth picture is that's the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven. That's not even heaven. That's the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven. And if the city limits look that good, if the entrance into heaven looks that good, but you want me to tell you what's going to outshine every bit of that. You want me to tell you what's going to outshine every bit of that. It's going to be a Savior that still bears in his body the marks of Calvary. Do you hear what I just... Still bears in his body the marks of Calvary. Chapter 5 of Revelation, 
John turned behold the line of the tribe of Judah and he said this and I saw a lamb as it had been slain and I just say it this way John saw a bloody Savior Jesus still today bears in his body the marks of Calvary they're not nail-scarred hands. They're nail-pierced hands. Because John said he looked like he had been slain. And in our mind, we think, man, I can't wait to see golden streets. I can't wait to see gates that are made of pearl. I can't wait to see all these things. But really, in all honesty, when we get there, that's going to mean nothing. What's going to mean everything? What's going to mean everything? It's seeing a he who died for me. It's seeing a he who gave his life so that I could live. Seeing a he who knew no sin. That became sin. Seeing he that took upon himself the form of a serpent and became servant and became obedient unto death. Even the death of the cross. Said so, preacher, when I get to heaven, I'm on. I'm gonna run, talk to mama. I just, I just don't believe that's what's gonna happen. Preacher, I'm gonna run, talk to dad. I just don't believe that's what's gonna happen. Let me tell you what I believe is gonna happen when we get to heaven. I believe we're gonna make a beeline to the throne of God, and we're gonna fall down before the throne of God, and probably for four or five billion years, we're just gonna gather around the throne of God, and we're gonna join in with those fault-finding beasts that's flying around the throne of God, saying something like this, holy, 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 holy. Yeah, man, we'll probably say something that they can't say. Thank you for the blood that saved me from my sins. And I believe for a few million years or billion years, we're just going to gather around the throne of God. We're just going to magnify Him. We're just going to magnify Him. Matter of fact, let me tell you where Mama's probably going to be at around the throne of God. You tell you where Daddy's going to be at around the throne of God. I've heard people say this, boy, my daddy loved fishing. When I get uh, to the crystal river of life, I'm going to sit down with him and we're going to fish a while. No, you ain't going to fish a while. You're going to gather around the throne of God. That's what makes heaven real tonight. That's what makes heaven real tonight. We've saw those other things. We've saw gold. We've saw those other things. There's one thing I've saw through the eye of faith for a long time now. Matter of fact, 26 years I've saw it through the eye of faith. Been preaching about it 24 years. But thank God, as I said this morning, one day my faith's going to end. When I close my eyes in death and I cross over death's chilling waters to the other side, faith will end and it'll be reality. Thank God for heaven tonight.